Welcome to the Tooth or Dare podcast with Irene and Katrina. The only dental podcast to bring you a Canadian RDH and an American RDH. These ladies bring you mic-dropping interviews with your favorite social media peeps and epic people doing amazing things in dentistry. Now let's put our overgloves together for Tooth Life Irene and Katrina the Wine Genist. Welcome back to another episode of the Tooth or Dare podcast with Irene and Katrina. What's up, girlfriend? Hey, girl. How are you today? Oh, you know, I am living my best life. (laughs) Ding! Everybody take a drink. (laughs) Oh, seriously. Are you really living your best life? What's happening Um, in your world? So it, right now, what day is it today? I don't even know what day it is of the week no. anymore. Who they all end in Y. So I moved again this morning. Our house sold. Can you believe it? During a global During pandemic. It? Wow. Our house sold for $250,000 over asking, um, which is like amazing. I think we, a- listed it, we listed it at the wrong time, but it was still relatively the better time because people yeah. that are listing now are having a really hard time. And there's so many homes that are being pulled off the market. So, I mean, wow. we were committed. We were stuck. We had to. Um, but anyways, yeah, so our house sold and uh, people wanted a two-week closing. So we closed our house and they're moving in tomorrow. So it's just nuts. So we That's have amazing. a household full of furniture that we used for staging, trying to figure out if it all fits in. And anyways, it, it is what it is. But yeah, we, we're, that was my day today. What did you do today? Well, what did I do today? What time is I, it in your world? <clears throat> You're how many hours behind me? I don't I'm know. three hours behind you. So it's one o'clock my time. It's still socially acceptable to be uh, drinking a glass of wine though, Irene. So I don't want any judgment on your side. I've been doing like webinars back to back. I have like webinar yeah. outfit on, which means like, I don't even know anymore. We're done. I'm like, I, I used to like at least curl the front parts of my hair, you know, and like, <laughs> put on a cute top and I'm like ponytail you get the ponytail um so yeah I've been doing webinars back to back as I'm sure you have too um with all of the things that have been going on it's just been a great way to be able to reach the dental community and then um, I actually got to do something really fun today as well I was asked to be a guest speaker for um Phoenix College's um senior class they have um a career development course uh that they do and i was asked to come in and talk about uh, me i guess i don't know um and so i did that and it's like it's so cool because you get to connect with these senior hygiene students they're uh in general when i've done this program before for senior hygiene students they're excited kind of burnt out of clinic ready to like you hit the ground running and boards and just the whole you know just all that hype and excitement that we all remember happens like right before you graduate from hygiene school and then add for these guys this layer of are we going to have a graduation? Are they graduating? Yeah, gonna... yeah. What's happening? I don't know. I didn't. Uh, I didn't ask because I didn't want to like you know add salt onto that wound or margarita or whatever we're doing today. But um, you know, I felt like I felt like um, it, nevertheless, like they were very hopeful and very excited. Uh, about the opportunity to, um, you know, be able to learn um, not only, you know, from influencers, you know, like us, but they'd asked about, you know, what, how should we approach, um, you know, trying to find employment during COVID-19 and things like that. And so it was just kind of a cool way to yeah. help uh, give back to my local community. So, well, that's um, cool. I did that. Yeah. Life nice. is- Speaking of webinar. So I did a webinar for ADHA last week. How was your webinar? Was it amazing? 4,900 people registered. Girl, you're yeah. amazing. I had 2,900 people that were on. And then of that, ADHA said that about 3,800 have viewed the recording. So wow. either they were there or after the fact. And then the rest of them probably have it sitting in their inbox. That is Let me tell you, after not having done a speaking gig for a few weeks now, I was nervous and they couldn't see my face. Like it was just me and my Mac, my computer. Um, so yeah, they couldn't see my face. I swear my jokes were funny, but who knows if people are laughing on the (laughs) side. Like that's okay. That's what I mean. You're you're like cracking these jokes and like, you're not getting anything. And you're like, no, I went up, I went up, are laughing, right? 600 followers in 24 hours on Instagram. My like DMs are flooded. I can't even respond to all of them. I I mean, I should, I will. It's just, yeah, yeah, so it's pretty crazy. I mean, okay, so I don't want to spend too much time chit-chatting 
because people yeah. know what we're doing. People we know have a exactly guest. what we're doing. Yes, yes this, this is This so episode exciting. is a little different because we're recording it all in one sitting. Our intro and our outro is you know, different than what we normally do. Um, but we had the opportunity to have an awesome guest. And I want us to spend all of our time talking about her and to her. Um, and her name is Joanne Jones. Joanne Jones is a dental hygienist. She's Canadian. She's amazing. She's epic. She is been, oh, I mean, how, hi, Joanne. I don't even know how to, Hello. I get, <laughs> hi. Just say she's old. She's been around for oh, a while. No. No, oh, my no, goodness. No, it's, you, you get to this like fangirl stage where you're like, oh my goodness, because of how uh, experienced you are and all the things that you've done, your accolades are, are just so impressive. And so I think uh, Irene and I both are just like, this is amazing to be able to, to yeah. be a part of this. So Thank so fun, fun yes. fact, Joanne, I don't know if you ever knew this. I don't know if I've ever told you. I may have, may not. Um, yeah. You you were one of the first speakers I had ever heard speak back in like 2000 and must have been seven or eight when I graduated in wow. 2007. So it must have been 2007 yeah. or eight. And I remember being in the audience and being like, when I grow up, I want to be like Joanne. <laughs> Oh, yeah. you know what's happened? The weird thing is being on this side of my career, I look at the two of you and I go, wow, this is so fantastic because you get to a point in your career where you think, okay, I've enjoyed it. The career, the profession has given me a lot. It's a great opportunity to give back. But then there's new people coming in and I love the energy. I love sitting here having a glass of wine. Yes. With my friends. <laughs> we're all <Yes>. sitting wine. <laughs> and realizing that, hey, we're going through a little bit of a tough time right now, but yeah. we're all hanging in there together. And what a collegial sense of support. Mm -hmm. And you know, the other cool thing I really, really love is how our profession has helped us with this current situation we're in. Like I brought my husband home and I said, okay, this is the clean side. This mm -hmm. is the dirty side. This is where we put everything. <laughs> yeah. We have two different baths to go through, the soapy one and then the fresh water. And then putting a mask on him, my gosh, he was useless. I love the man dearly, but I had no <laughs> idea like how you put a mask on and what you do first and that no, you yeah. don't touch it. Like all those yeah. videos that are circulating on social media right now, our profession has really set us up well to be able to help others. Yeah, I totally love that you agree. say that. You know, I think one of the things that we have taken for granted for a very long time is our understanding of infection control. And I think now um, you see hygienists sharing these on social media right now, these uh, photos or memes of people out in public um, with their own like makeshift infection control, like whatever they're doing. <laughs> My favorite is this picture of this guy and he's standing in line at the grocery store and he's got a bag of Fritos and he's going into the bag of Fritos to eat it, but he's using his gloved hand to go into the bag of Fritos and eat the Fritos. <laughs> it's like, you know, and, but for us, it's been so crystal clear clear. And so um, to your point, I, I think um, you're right. Our profession has really helped us uh, so much so that I think we do look at other people um, who haven't been or haven't had the privilege of learning about infection control. And uh, now we get to be advocates in a different way. We really get to, um, you know, help support the community in a unique way. So I love that. Exactly. And thank you for your excitement too. I think I speak for both Irene and I, when I say, it's really refreshing to, you know, meet somebody who's saying, um, you know, these younger speakers, these younger influencers are, are coming out and they're, they have fresh ideas and, and, you know, we are doing things differently. We're in different times. Social media is a driver. Um, you know, the way that we, you know, create content is a bit different. And so it's really exciting to um, be sitting here and speaking with somebody who, you know, sees the value of that and really wants to be a part of it. So thank it's you. It's very exciting and it's so much more engaging than what we yeah. ever had an opportunity to do, you know, mm -hmm. and you've yeah. taken advantage of all those different channels and being able to make something of value. And that's incredible. Very, very well done. I, I have mm -hmm. some questions for you, Joanne, because okay. I'm sure there are a lot of people that are listening in. Um, and I guess, Katrina, you and I probably get this question really often. I get DMs all the time, like, how do I start speaking? And mm -hmm. we all have different stories on how we started. And I think the general public or the general dental hygiene world doesn't know that, you know, we all started in different spots and had a different person who discovered you or me, like me, for example, True. Chuck Chuck Hudson from 3M uh, was yeah. the man that discovered me. 
and gave me my first gig. Um, mm-hmm. So great we guy. all have, yeah, a great yeah. guy. Uh, so we all have different ways where we started. Um, how has your career, I want to talk about some of the things that you're doing now that it's, um, you know, you're advocating quite a bit for oral cancer screenings and you're working with companies like Throat Scope um, to really create tools that dental hygienists can use daily that are affordable. For example, I bought my own Throat Scope box that comes with the little um, disposable ends awesome. and the little. So I bought that myself in my own practice and I thought it was a really reasonably priced tool for me to be able to use. So we'll talk about like how you've gotten to you to utilizing some of these amazing pieces of technology, but where and when and how did you get started as a speaker? Because I'm sure there were fewer speakers out, especially in Canada. We don't have nearly as many here as, as there are True. in the U.S. True. So where did, where did you come from? How did that all happen? Where did I come from? Okay, I, this is going to be hopefully <laughs> really, really empowering to someone out there that is watching this and just feeling like their career has fallen apart. Because my whole career started when I got fired. Yes, you heard me right. No way. It did. Really? It did. I was working for um, a very, very nice gentleman and his wife ran the office. That can sometimes be a good thing, sometimes not. I'm not going to weigh in on what it was, but it was was what it was. And I was in a, you know, a new relationship. My children were very young, recently divorced, and I was asked to work like four or five nights a week. And I realized I couldn't do that with little children and it would, the timing wasn't right. So I said, oh, I'll come in, you know, I come in at seven o'clock in the morning, work till three or whatever you want me to do. I'm happy to do that, but I just can't commit to that. Anyway, long story short, the next thing that happened, I found out that I was let go because I would not comply uh, with the wishes of the practice. So our government had a retraining program at that time called consulting as a career option. And you had to have 10 years in a given field and have a certain expertise and be interested in kind of redirecting your career. So they weighed in, the government weighed in that I qualified because I wasn't in fact fired. I had unreasonable demands put on me Mm. to comply with. And then some horrible things happen. My mother passed very unexpectedly and she was my greatest fan. You know, what do you do when your greatest fan is gone? That one that always says to you, you can do it, you can do it. But the other thing my mom always did, and I miss her every single day, years later, but my mom always said to me, oh, Joanne, you look so tired. Like, just don't do too much. Be careful. I'm sure you girls can relate to this. I don't know if you know, but Katrina's mom unexpectedly passed away. Has it been a year now, a year and a half? A little over a year. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. 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 I'm hearing hearing you talk, Joanne, and I'm looking at Katrina because I'm like, this is her story in a way too. Wow. Yeah. Mike. Condolences. Oh, it's never easy. But it's funny how my mom kind of, she didn't mean to at all, but she really kind of held back my dreams a little bit because it was always like, yeah, I guess you're right. I should be careful and I'm raising children and this isn't a good time. Well, there's never a good time. When you want to do something, you just got to do it. You got to say, okay, I'm going to go for it. No matter who tells you, you can't. So then a really weird, sad thing happened. I was looking after um, my stepfather. She was looking after him as well, who went into a hospice. And he only had, he passed eight weeks later. I'm not trying to depress everybody. No, but no. He passed eight weeks later. And in that time, I went and I spent like every day with him. And we taught, and he said, what are you going to do with your life? And I said, well, I guess I better get a job at this point. I wasn't <laughs> enrolled in this training program at that point. He said, what's your dream? I said, I don't have one. That's my first shout out Mm. to everybody. Have a dream, write Mm. it down, visualize Mm. it, find it, own it, make it yours, right? So we really worked on that. And finally, I realized my dream, because I had enjoyed my profession, but I saw a lot of people that didn't in our career and just could hardly wait till Friday. I've had enough of this. All right, you aren't flossing. Does my insurance cover this? And I thought, man, there's gotta be a better way there's got to be more empowerment to recognize who we really are in the regulated healthcare profession and elevate ourselves to taking that position and realizing how vitally essential we are. 
and sharing that with our clients. And so he passed six weeks later. I started that course. And the first time I got up to speak, I said, I guess stress and excitement are the same thing because I feel like I could throw up or run to the bathroom, but I, I'm supposed to be excited, but I'm feeling very stressed. But the first time I spoke in front of like 20 people, I thought, this is it. This is, I'm sure like, I think Irene, you and I had this conversation one time about just knowing that's it. That's where I need to be. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, so that's where it all began. And yeah. so I like to think of it like, you know, there's the start and then there's the middle part. And the middle part is yeah. always the hardest part. It's the uncertainty, the, you know, will I get invited to speak at a thing or will I get invited to come back? Yeah. Uh, Katrina and I have talked a little bit about, you know, what we do with our reviews after an event. Um, some of them are fantastic <laughs> and some of them you can't control. Mm-hmm. How was your, like, the middle part, the, the, see, mm. not the Joanne Jones that we all know today that probably turns down more events than she can go to. Like, how was that um, struggle, whether, whether it was a struggle or maybe it was just easy going from there forward? Um, how was, it, yeah. do you remember any, any like moments where you were like, I yeah. don't know if I'm cut out for this or if this is going to work? My memory's good. I don't have dementia at this point. <laughs> I'm still good. <laughs> And her jokes are on point too. (laughs) She fits right in here. (laughs) I think one of the key things I aligned myself with someone who was very successful in the industry. And that was the first thing I did. And that was Anita Jupp. And her name may be a bit foreign to you because that goes back a number of years ago. This woman spoke in 46 different countries. She did everything. Like it was before online learning and all the other things that we're bombarded with today as far as kind of competitive arenas to speak in, but she got me started. And I remember she didn't tell me that she was going to have me speak one time. And we were in Texas and she put me up. She said, I have a new addition to my company. I didn't have anybody that was doing any of the dental hygiene consulting part of it. So she said, I'd like to introduce you to my new associate. Joanne Jones. And she said, Joanne, could you stand up? So I thought, I have no problem standing up. I've got two legs at work. I stood up, kind of waved at everybody. And then she said, come on up. I'm like, you got to be freaking kidding me. (laughs) Like 400 people, you want me to come up? I had no preparation, nothing. So this woman threw me out without a life jacket and said, sink or swim, basically. Mm -hmm. And you know why she did it? Because she believed in me. Mm. That was lesson number two. Align yourself with somebody that does believe in you. And that really, really was my jump start. But then I totally relate to what you're saying about reviews when they come in. And you could get 98 reviews that are fantastic. And then somebody says, oh, it didn't align with the learning outcomes. Or she talked too much about her sponsors. Or she, she didn't address the question properly. Or, mm-hmm. And what do we leave with? Like, I'm going to slap both of you virtual slap because (laughs) I know both of you and your reputation and you're awesome and you're so well respected and take time to look at that and recognize, Hey, that is not status quo or what kind of reviews I get, but it's an eye opener. Take those reviews. And that's what really gave me the confidence because I realized I've told my sons this so many times when somebody else reviews you and they see you for the person that you don't see yourself as, that is really an eye opener. Mm, and yeah. that's something that really helps you grow and, mm. and internalize. So recognize you're not going to be loved by everyone. Yeah. No, that, so that's someone told me that if you try and please everyone, you end up pleasing no, no one no and you one. lose yourself <clears throat> and you lose yourself in the process. Um, awesome. Yeah, awesome. I like that thing to remember because being authentic, being real. And the other thing that got me over my nervousness was it wasn't about me. Sure, I would spend a little bit of time. I'd do the hair, I'd do the makeup, whatever, pick out the outfit I wanted to wear. But then I would always look in the mirror and say, get over yourself and out the door. Mm-hmm. Like, don't fuss over yourself because it's not about you. Mm-hmm. You are up there. It's a privilege. It's an honor. And we're up there to serve our community. Mm-hmm. We're up there to make mm. their week better, their days better. It's not about us. And if we get something back and somebody says, hey, you've helped us, 
man, that's a lot of gratitude. Yeah. What, what more can we ask for? Well, I, lo I love that too, because um, I, I heard, and, and Irene did point out, um, whenever I'm struggling with poor reviews or, or et cetera, um, Irene's kind of my go-to person. She's the person that I, I'll share um, that content with. And um, it's, it's true because I love you. Um, and I, I, so I have a motto in my business and that is I'm not everyone's cup of tea, but I'm someone's glass of wine. And so to your point, I, I do believe <laughs> that cheers we, to that. <laughs> and cheers yeah. to that, right? You know, you can't make everybody happy. And, and, and I agree, um, you know, to Irene's point that it, it, as a speaker, you want everybody to be happy. There, there is a complex to somebody who puts themselves in that situation is happy to be in the spotlight loves being on stage, wants to talk yeah. to I mean, there's, we, we want to be likable people. We want um, our, our audiences to, to have these takeaways. We spend all of this time, and I know we're going to talk about this in a moment, but we spend all of this time in our offices, writing content, on airplanes, uh, rebuilding our content, shifting our slides around, adding new slides <laughs> at the last minute, deleting slides at the last. Yeah. I mean, we obsess about it because yeah. we really want it to be special. It's, it's not for any other reason than we really want to be able to connect with people. And what I have to remember, um, and, and thank you for sharing your story about, about your mom. That's so special. Um, I'm just now stepping into a place where I'm comfortable talking about mom um, and losing her and how we lost her. Um, and you know what? That doesn't resonate with everybody. Um, and that's okay. Um, but I think about if I can impact one hygienist, and that one hygienist goes back to his or her operatory Monday morning and treats eight patients, and all eight of those patients get a slightly different experience or an elevated uh, experience because of the work that I've done, because I've impacted them in a, a very special way, then, then I've done something uh, useful with my time. And, and I've certainly provided the opportunity to help elevate my industry. And so to your point, I think sometimes we don't even think about the, the patients that are benefiting from this um, or the colleagues that are influencing other colleagues or mentoring uh, young hygienists coming out of school. Uh, and so that's our opportunity. Uh, I think, um, you know, the role that we're, we're facing right now, not just as speakers, but as influencers to really uh, change the way that we communicate with our industry. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm, I'm all for that. And I, I do think uh, to your point that having somebody who believes in you um, helps you to see those elements in yourself that sometimes you don't see. And, right. uh, and I think that's really impactful and important. Beautifully that, said. Yeah. I think that's how your, and I, I don't want to speak for your career, right? You can tell us how it's gone down, but I think that's how your career has evolved now. Um, you hear the name Joanne Jones and you automatically associate that with um, evidence-based research, but also an entertaining lecture um, because you are, you're a little comedian. Like you've got your own ways. I mean, I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it in real life. It's like, you've got your own little ways. You're a little provocative. You're not afraid to say the word sex yeah. out loud. I mean, I feel nope. like you've written articles with just the title sex in it or have <laughs> lectures with the title sex in it. Yeah, no I've shame. seen it. You yeah, go girl. shame. No, no. I've done it. <laughs> but I think that the, the interesting part is that you're able to do that now and you're able to do that um, because you've put in the time and created an environment where people trust you enough to know that by you using this name sex or the word sex in something, it's not that you're trying to sell your lecture. It's like your lecture's already sold. Like you, your presence is already selling it. But if Katrina and I were to put the word sex in something as new speakers, relatively new speakers, like we're less than, I'm less than 10 years old. I'm mm -hmm. like seven mm -hmm. years old as a speaker. Mm -hmm. Okay, just, well, let's be it's real just, here. It's, it's not received the same way, yeah, right? No. Like I have to be so careful even with Instagram. Yeah. And when someone writes a comment in a post that's, a little tongue in cheek, like I, I delete it because otherwise, yeah, there's a whole mushroom cloud effect. It's true, it, it is true. And to your point, you're both a heck of a lot cuter and younger than I am, and that sometimes is a little bit challenging. I'm at an age where I can get away uh, with a few things, but also, and I thank you very, very much for what you said because I do pride myself in making sure I'm evidence based. And yeah. making certain that, yes, I love to have fun. And I do like to, you know, do some skits and things like that in my speaking. But I want to make sure that people don't ever, ever, ever walk away and say that was frivolous or that really didn't have content that helped me. 
because then I've really lost at mm -hmm. that point yeah. in time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But people enjoy seeing you enjoy what you do. People relax that way. There's nothing worse than seeing somebody up there that is really struggling and is so focused on what they're going to say next that they're not, they're not in the moment, they're not present. Mm -hmm. And when we can truly be present and have an audience member that maybe we really enjoy, like I had that, that word coming back to that. It was funny, a few years ago, I had this gentleman that was in the front row and it was the snooze time. It was after one o'clock in the afternoon. He had probably had a belly full of lunch and everything else and he yeah. came in and he fell asleep and there's nothing worse than somebody oh. in the front row and you're thinking, man, I must be like totally stimulated. <laughs> and somebody there going, <laughs> like that. So I said to the audience, let's see what happens subliminally in this man's mind. Every time I say sex, we're gonna have a look at him. And we were at round tables. So it was about 200 people, but everybody could kind of see him. So every time I said the word sex, he would, he would lift up like this, but no. then he dropped his head down again. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was hilarious. We only did it about three or four times. But I wouldn't pick on him unmercifully. But you know, like Katrina, challenge you, challenge accepted. Challenge accepted. Challenge yes. accepted. Absolutely. If that ever happens to me, I'm doing it. I'm gonna pull my phone out. I never pull my phone out, but I will pull my phone out. I will record it. Challenge accepted. Done. I love that. That's awesome. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's oh. <laughs> the, the 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 the. Yeah, the, the psyche of a man. Um, mm -hmm. In the front row, too. If you're going to fall asleep, sit in the back of the house so I can't exactly. see you. Don't fall asleep in the front row. Like, I can see you. Come exactly. on. That's, oh, oh people goodness. are so funny. But all kidding um, aside, one of the things that started to happen was the whole HPV thing. Yeah. And that is a very, very fine, proverbial, professional line mm -hmm. that you have to be able to be frank and open but I've also given dental professionals ways to communicate that message of a sexually transmitted um, area of oral cancer, oral pharyngeal cancer that is growing leaps and bounds compared to our historic pathways of smoking and alcohol. And we need to have, we need to have some information as to how to communicate this. And at Yankee meeting, uh, Irene knows this story. I planted my husband in the audience and we had a skit back and forth and nobody knew that we were together because we had nothing to do with one another, like typically what our life is like. No, I'm kidding. But we, <laughs> we, we showed like no affection, no, you know, he didn't know me, I didn't know him. And yeah. it turned out to be a whole lot of fun. But with it what came was that, What very, was that skit like? Yeah. Tell us what you said. It yeah, was, what did you it say? It was fun. Well, it was a video that actually was put out and it was a new source that they gave me the video to include in my lectures. And it talked about how we are to, to approach our dental patients and ask them about their sex life. And it makes audience members feel really uneasy, of course, because how do you yeah. bring that up? How do you say, and by the way, are you getting intimate this weekend? Or, oh, I see you're divorced. Are you out there dating? You know, there's other ways to bring this up. So I always talk about uh, HPV is being such a common virus, like the common cold. Most people mm -hmm. clear it, but some people that maybe have not a strong immune response, it will go on and they'll end up getting pneumonia or getting you know, bronchitis and maybe pneumonia. So basically what I did with Stan, I said, I'm gonna, you're gonna pretend to be the patient. I'm gonna be your dentist or dental hygienist. You come in for your recare appointment. I'm going to take your medical history, but we're going to have a little bit of chit chat in the beginning. So I asked him, I said, what are your, what are your plans for the weekend? He said, well, I'm going to enjoy this beautiful city of, of Boston and, you know, maybe go out for a nice dinner. And I said, oh, that sounds great. So then I turned to the audience. And I said, okay, now it gets really tough. Like, how do we get into the intimate question? So then I said, so are you planning on having any intimacy over the weekend? <laughs> And he looked up and very, very shyly, he said, well, I've kind of been looking at you for the last two hours and wondering <laughs> what you're doing. And it was like, it was so cute because I fell in love with that man all over again that, that oh. weekend. But oh. we did have a good time that weekend. But anyway. You go, um, girl. Yes. Exactly. Boston's a beautiful city, let oh. me say. It is. Oh, it you is. earned that. Yes, I love yeah, it. He earned it. <laughs> That's, that's great because, you know, it's, there's always this, 
the ethical side of being a dental mm-hmm. hygienist is always in yes. the back of our minds. Like, yeah. you know, you see a patient that will friend request you on Facebook or they'll want to follow you on Instagram. I mean, for all three of us, it's not hard to find us anymore. You know, you Google no. just our first name and write hygienist and we pop up. So when you get into questions like this, especially with someone of the other sex or a sex that prefers what your sex is, it's, it's, it's difficult to keep it professional, but also, you know, get the right information. It's um, so, so critical. And so yeah. many careers have been lost and damaged through mm. not taking that seriously. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. So, so is that a lecture that you're presenting regularly, nationwide, it's, internationally? It's new. It's called HPV and Implications for Dentistry. And it's, it's an offshoot. And actually, I developed it. It was very serendipitous how this happened. I developed the lecture. And that was back last fall. I hadn't presented it yet. And the ADA came out with their amendment to oral cancer screening. And I looked at, I went, I can't believe, like, you know, when it's that, that wow moment where you just go, wow, like this has just fallen kind of in my lap to be able to have the opportunity to educate further on this because the ADA, their screening is to include screening for oral pharyngeal cancer, Mm -hmm. but they, there wasn't like a training component with it. Mm -hmm. So it's become something that, no, we can't put a laryngoscope up the nasal passage and down the back of the throat. We don't do that, but we have eyes to see. We can look at symmetry. (laughs) We have ears to listen to their voice and know, you know, is there a difference in their voice? Are they having trouble articulating? Do they have a hoarseness? Those are things that we want to be really tuned into. But most of all, we have this, we have our hands and we can palpate necks and the supraclavicular and the posterior triangle and the sternocleidomastoid muscle and the cervical nodes, all those areas are all tied in with what Mm. might be hidden to our eyes. And we're sometimes not checking that. So do you recommend, I mean, this is a great time for dental hygienists to be putting together um, templates that they might use for their chart notes or revamp Mm -hmm. the way they're doing their new patient exams or recare exams. I don't even know where I was going with that. Where was I going with that? Oh, um, is there is there a, a checklist that you have or that you can, and I'll add it to the show notes below, um, that you okay. would say every dental hygienist at every visit should be doing these five things at least because you'd be surprised how many mm-hmm. people don't even take blood pressure. So in my last... ADHA lecture, I did poll questions. And one of the poll questions was, how often do you take blood pressure? And uh, the majority would, I said, would, uh, the majority said that they don't take it as often as I would like. That was the polite way Mm. of me saying that they don't take it frequently. So you'd be surprised they're not taking blood pressure. So, you know, what's the chance of a thorough head and neck exam happening? If you Mm -hmm. could say five things, every dental hygienist should be doing at every visit, what would you say mm-hmm. those things are? Great question. And in their defense, when I think back to school, I had 12, 14 hours, you know, to complete yeah. a client. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then you come oh, in yeah. the clinical practice and you look at the yeah. day sheet and say, okay, there's been like some cruel act of God that has been, <laughs> that has fallen upon me because I have eight people. And yeah. I always say like, I can't do a medical history in less than half a day mm-hmm. after yeah. I've come out of school. So we really need to fine tune. So there's a couple of of things. Um, I've started a campaign for April being Oral Cancer Awareness Month. It's called 30 Days, 30 Resources. So that is on Facebook. 30 Days. Oh, yeah. So you're on day 10 now, right? Yep. Yes. Awesome. So Joe hyphen Ann, my name is spelled J-O hyphen capital A-N-N-E. Uh, Jones. You can find me on Facebook. Um, it's on Twitter. It's on LinkedIn. It's on uh, Instagram, JJ. We'll, link, we'll link all of that stuff Perfect. at the bottom. Yeah. Perfect. So in that is a practice report card. And what that basically is, is a walkthrough of all the things that we should be doing at this point in time uh, in our oral cancer screening best practices. So it's not so much of, you know, check this, check that, but it's a list of these are the things to self-assess where you're at. Then where they can go from there uh, is I have a video on YouTube 
and it's through the CDHA, the Canadian Dental Hygienists Association, but it's through their public website, dentalhygienecanada.ca. Uh, and if you look up at the top across the toolbar for oral cancer, if you drop down, the video is there. And it does a walkthrough of everything we should be checking. Now I've taken eight minutes to do it because I'm teaching at You're the same teaching. point. You're teaching, yeah, time. yeah. But I swear, and what I go by in my workshops is three minutes. Because there's certain things, like when we're doing bi-digital palpation, we can do the lips and the inside of the mucosa, extraoral, intraoral, very, very quickly. But what we need to really focus in on is the nodes in yeah. here. Like, like if you do this with me right now, if we take the sternocleidomastoid muscle and we put our knuckles to the front, so just flip your hand, Irene. That's perfect. I was and doing it right. I, I want the audience area. to know. I want the audience to know I was doing it right and Irene was doing it wrong. Okay. Yeah, we got that. Thanks, Katrina. Thanks, Katrina. I appreciate it. I, I appreciate you always pointing out my faults. Thank you, friend. <laughs> so glad she's we're that, best friends. She's got one review. <laughs> I, I get one star reviews. She gets five star reviews. It's so good. We balance out. Okay, I'm on my SCM. I'm, I'm on my SCM. SCM. Yeah. So if you yeah. palpate that full length right down into the clavicle firmly, you don't want oh. your client. Oh, that saying, feels so good. Don't. Really yeah. yeah, you don't want that. You you and you don't oh. want to hurt them either. But right. you need to be firm. But if we're looking straight ahead, now I want you to turn your head away from your hand, and hopefully oh, your yeah. viewers will do this as well as so they're watching good. this. Can you feel what happens there? Yeah, I can the feel the, the muscle pushes out. Yeah, I have more exactly. of a space. And you can get into that interstitial space and you can really palpate deeper. Exactly. Yeah. Look at Katrina. Look at this. I'm red. You, you, you know, and the interesting thing is we teach us in dental hygiene. I teach at a dental hygiene school. So I teach from semester one all the way through to semester four when they're about to graduate. And, you know, they have their forms that they have to go through and then instructor like me will come in and we'll do all of this together. But you'd be surprised because they've never felt um, anything that's not WNL within normal mm -hmm, limits yeah, or mm -hmm, that, you yeah. know, they don't, they don't know what it, what it feels like to feel lymphodenopathy or to yeah. look at a lesion and say, this is, you know, uh, it's, it looks abnormal. Um, and, and we're not allowed to share patients. So it's not like, okay, there's a patient here with lymphodenopathy. I want everyone in my row. I have eight students that I handle. Everyone in my row to come and see this one patient because of patient confidentiality. So that one student will learn that day, but mm -hmm. everyone else won't be able to learn. And I think, that's, I think that's A, a challenge, but B, also it's very sad because it is a rarity yeah. to find something that's abnormal um, and you can look at textbooks like Darby and Walsh is a great resource. Your Wilkins will be a great resource in the internet, but until you see it with your own eyes and feel it with your own hands, you never know, right? You so won't know. True. So, so true. I think that that's, a, that's the, that's the disappointing thing about dental hygiene yeah. school is your friend in the unit next to you may have seen geographic tongue for the first time or lichen planus for the first time or felt something but then you're like well i'm so glad that she learned early and i have mm -hmm. to wait until year seven of my career <laughs> with a misdiagnosis <clears throat> with a misdiagnosis and a bad review yeah you know that's God, the hard why have part. you done this to me right right <laughs> why is my time <laughs> being a misfortune let's talk <laughs> about uh let's talk about throat scope oh cool. and yeah um have you seen throat scope before Katrina? Yeah. Yeah. I wish the, I would have brought mine. It's so bright. I love it. it it's, yeah, it's like a little thing. With me. Yeah. yeah. It's um, so cool. It needs to yeah. be. Can we, we talk about where it was developed? I don't know if you know this at all, but like, do you know any cool. of its history? Yes. Very much of it because she's a very close friend now. Uh, Jennifer Holland, and I'll do my little impersonation of her, but she gets so really violently mad at me because I sound British and she is Austrian, but I always talk about her. She'll say, hello, my name is Jennifer Holland and I'm here from ThroatScope and I was funded on Shark Tank Australia. So we oh, have cool. actually pitched for Shark Tank, Shark Tank in the US and we didn't get selected, but through that particular uh, tryout or, or um, what's the word for it? Lots of words. Like anyway, the interview, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. The interview and the whatever. selection or whatever. 
we, she got passed on to something called Pitch Tank in the U.S. and had a private meeting. She was, had a private meeting with Steve Forbes. Which, wow. Yeah, it was, wow. it was really pretty cool. But anyway, her story is her son was, I think, about two years old at the time and had a throat infection. She was pregnant with her second child. She's had four now and apparently knows what has caused it. So that has stopped any oh, okay. more children yeah yeah so I feel like good. yeah uh-huh mm-hmm. yeah so anyway. <laughs> oh I, I it took me so long I'm like what yeah. <laughs> for the record everyone it took Katrina a really long time to get something and I figured it out right away yeah. you can see I <laughs> got that right away Irene's head is in the gutter and I'm like wait what okay. <laughs> I can see that little okay. angelic yeah. ring above your head yeah, I'm the yeah. Angel. Down, thank though. you. Yes, I'm the angel yeah. of the I think that's just the, the reflection off the that's the reflection of the ginger. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> off my wine glass. <laughs> okay, so her she's, idea, yeah. her idea was so simple in that, you know, why are they trying so hard to hold this child down that's frantic, that has this awful throat infection, trying to hold him, put a tongue depressor in, and then try to get a light in there at the same time. Yeah. So what she developed is a little handheld, and you can go to throatscope.com to see it all, or Holland Healthcare as well, carries all her products. But uh, it's a little device that will actually, for us as dental hygienists, will facilitate 1,200 exams, and it's about $30. Mm. Yeah. And then for like infection amazing. control purposes, there's a disposable blade, which is a tongue depressor that fits in, and with the LED lights, it just lights up beautifully. Yeah. So it's a retraction tool. And the reason I found that it was very helpful is because I've always said, if you're looking at the back of the throat, which we really need to put a focus on now with HPV related, oral mm -hmm. pharyngeal cancer, and even then that's usually much more posterior, but there are mm -hmm. some telltale signs. We need to be able to really see the back of the throat well. And yeah. to put the little, like the mouth mirror on the back of the throat, you incite the gag reflex and you're done. We all know. Right. We're, mm -hmm. we're we're dead in the water at that point if we've incited that reflex. But if you put that tongue depressor on, you're able to get the tongue to just flatten out and you can get a much better view. Plus you've now got a light on it. Yeah. You know, and I'm big on magnification loops and headlights as well. They have a new, they have a new, I, I haven't seen it in, in real life yet, but they have a new adapter that can adapt to a phone to take a yes. cam, a photo. Is that right? And that is exploding right now. And I'm just wow. in the midst of working on that. I've just written something for oral health and I've shown that actually here in Canada work. yet. Not yet, but it's coming. Um, but it is available in the U S yes. It's a bracket that fits on the back and it is distributed by Henry shine mm, and okay. the tongue depressor actually fits into the bracket. So if you've got your iPhone here, the bracket is here. The tongue depressor is here the clinicians taking the picture, the parent, whatever, and then sending it to the telehealth provider. And the telehealth provider is getting this fantastic intraoral yeah. image, which Irene, Katrina, I can send you some examples that you can post along with this because it really cool. is fantastic. That's awesome. And yeah, it's an answer. Wow. Like we, we cannot let our dental practices dissolve in the midst of what we're going through. Yeah. Yeah. Telehealth yeah. is huge. And we better get past, I'm going to get on my soapbox for a moment, but we better get past regulations and constraints that are holding us back from serving the public the way yeah. we should. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to put that's... those dental patients in emergency. Absolutely. And I think, and I think that we're going to have a tough time when we are all back to work, whenever that might be. I know our prime minister very quickly and vaguely said that this isolation might last until September. I don't know what's happening on your side of the pond, Katrina, with what, what your every, president's saying. I, I can't keep track it's, of what yeah, your president it, is saying. I'm just, just me, saying. Me neither. <laughs> it could get better or it could get worse. So I don't know, but we're well prepared either way. Like, I, I, don't, yeah, I feel yeah. like we've all seen that meme. But mm -hmm. I think that we're going to have a huge challenge when we do go back to practice because we will have, have we'll have to catch up, and there's yeah. we already feel like we're you know gerbils running in a wheel chasing our own periodontal tail, and yes. now we're going to go back and patients and clients are going to be three, four, maybe six months overdue. Uh, there's going to be a lot of SRPs, a lot of longer appointments, and I want to urge our dental hygienists that are listening to this to like stick to your guns and stick to what you learned and 
don't force yourself to do more than you physically can, because not only is it going to be hurtful for you, but it's not going to be beneficial to your patient and your client. So if you have a three-month maintenance patient that's six months overdue for that three-month maintenance, don't expect to be done in 45 minutes to an hour. Like, Do what you can. Do your probing. Do your extraoral and your intraoral evaluation. And start your treatment plan with the time that you need and bring them back. I mean, mm-hmm. we're going to be, I feel like I'm going to be bringing back a lot of people. Great advice. But don't, don't be forced into making decisions based on time because we're going to have to catch up with everything, with our, with our schooling, with our bills, with everything. It's going to require catch up. So patients will understand that. I think it's important, right? Yeah. And yeah, we I, will be essential frontline mm-hmm. workers because yeah, absolutely. look at the health situation, post-traumatic stress disorder, diabetes, all of, all of the aspects that will probably result from some of this. I won't yeah. say everybody, but we're going to see those numbers heighten and we mm-hmm. are frontline workers in dealing yes. with this and mitigating the risk. We are so yes. essential. We, talk, we talked about this on our last episode last week, Katrina, how um, you'd read, or, read a paper or an article about the correlation between COVID-19 and some inflammatory diseases, mm-hmm. diabetes mm-hmm. and cardiovascular disease being two of that long list of inflammatory diseases. So mm-hmm. especially those yeah, patients I think- that are immunocompromised will need more time. Absolutely. And, and to your point, I think now is the time if you've been uh, sitting in your practice and you've been thinking, gosh, I, I, I am on that hamster wheel. I feel like I, I am constantly running behind. Um, in a provocative way, I think we can all agree that your patient, if you get them scheduled for an hour, they show up 14 minutes late, not quite 15 where you have to reschedule them, but at 14 minutes. So you still get to see that patient and you have to get all of the things done in your hygiene lack of hour, um, but still um, you know, try and run on time for your next patient. Um, I, I think we can all agree that you start to take things off uh, or start to triage what's really important. Um, and unfortunately, things like taking radiographs uh, very rarely get slid off the deck, right? Um, we're gonna right, because that's production. Because it's, it's production. Right, to do your it, doctor's going to be upset. And it's, right. Absolutely. But I think now more than ever, I think we can all agree and acknowledge that there are things that we have been doing in dentistry for a very long time that have needed to be updated, uh, like integrating extraoral, intraoral examinations, uh, taking intraoral photographs, using a translumination technology. I mean, these are things that we've wanted to build out and add, um, even infection control. I do think it's a dirty little secret in dentistry that we have not been doing infection control to the ways that we were taught when we were in hygiene school. Um, that there is a chasm, at least in the United States, we see this chasm between what we learned in hygiene school and then the real world. And there are right. two very different, um, you know, oh, okay, so I guess I wear my own shoes versus in hygiene school where you are supposed to keep your shoes in clinic and you have clinic shoes that you change into. These little things that we've known for a long time to be true and we haven't done in dentistry for so long. Now is the time for us to say, um, not only does dentistry expect us to change, but our patients are going to expect us to change. Our patients are going to expect our infection control standards to be optimized. And to your point, Irene, the more that we're learning about inflammation and how that's allowing COVID-19 to progress, I think the more it's going to be impactful and important for us to think about what our inflammatory protocol looks like and manage that. So yeah, I think we're, we're in unique times, but there's an opportunity for us to really grow. I'm raising my hand. Why do you want to, because why are you, I, have, I'm, I have something to say and I'm like, I don't want to interrupt her because she's like brilliant right now. I'm raising my hand because I'm going to, I'm going to say something right now that will probably create uproar and people are going to slide into my DMs and say, how dare you? And I don't have the opportunity to do this. So I'm opening up my own practice. Is it terrible for me to say? that I would prefer that I don't scale someone's teeth the first time I meet them. I would prefer that I spend my hour or hour and a half and I do a thorough medical history, blood pressure, extra oral exam. I take their pulse. I ask them all the questions. I get to know about their dog. I look in their mouths. I take photos. If there's x-rays that are prescribed, we take those x-rays. And then I take my time 
to put together a treatment plan. That treatment plan might be, you know, you're fine. We'll see you. We'll clean your teeth. We'll see you in three or six or four months. That treatment plan might mean you need quadrant scaling. You need for me to test your mouth to see what type of bacteria are hiding in and around your pockets, the back of your tongue, back of your throat. Like, is it a bad thing for us to need time to decide the best way that we treat our patients? Like, what's the difference between us and a dentist? A dentist can do that. They can take their records and the patient can leave and they'll say, you know, I'll call you when I'm ready. But why are we hygienists not allowed to do that? That drives me nuts. Like that really does drive me nuts. Yeah, it's a tough one. Definitely. I remember lecturing. You can bill for all those things. You can bill for photos. You can bill for perio. I remember lecturing in England a number of years ago and the NHS, the National Health Service, was there wasn't a lot of private insurance at that point in time. And I was talking about like the comprehensive perio program. There were dental hygienists that were crying. They put up their hand and they said, I have 20 minutes. Oh. There's no way I can do it. Like it, it just absolutely broke my heart. Now there was the other part of the audience that was working with uh, private insurance and it was a totally different story. Somewhere, and I, totally respect exactly what you're saying irene and and probably there'd be ding 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 yeah i'm I'm on airplane mode just in case (laughs) this episode's gonna go live i'm going on airplane mode for 24 (laughs) hours you go girl off the grid and you should but i think there there's also that reality and somewhere in the middle there's a compromise and there's a healthy compromise that exists and it, it's only because of people needing to have employment and all the other factors that, that weigh in on us that make it so very challenging. But you know, in your lectures and your opportunities, if you can give that perfect plan and then mm-hmm. say, okay, how do we put this into this kind of practice situation? So you could have scenario one, two, and three. Yeah. And, and help people to then, it's like by, I've got a poster in my office here. It's levels of energy. And it starts at zero and goes up to 1,000. 1,000 would be sitting on the throne next to God. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's being like the ultimate human being. But mm-hmm. at zero, I kind of look at that and I say, okay, I feel a little bit fearful today with everything that's going on. So then you look up a couple of rows and you get that next emotion that moves you out of fear into something that's more productive and constructive, you know, and there's that hierarchy too, I think in clinical practice where we can say, okay, I'm not satisfied with the way I'm practicing. I'd really love to be practicing like Irene is. I'm going to make that first step and implement something that's going to make me feel like I'm addressing what I need to address here. And then I'm going to slowly, you know, do this. It's like telling your husband, we've got to paint the living room, honey, or have have something decorating done and then that ends up being the whole rest of the house we need to remodel right? the entire house and <laughs> yeah, like, oh, exactly. I don't know. why don't we start with the living room oh okay yeah. it's like it was his idea yeah, we got <laughs> I, get exactly. it. I get it i think i'm i'm just at the point now where um i'm i'm able to make this decision for myself and yeah i i got to a point a year and a half ago is when i started building the practice i got to a point a year and a half ago where i was done i was i was the one packing up the white box with my fern in it and putting my lab coat in it and saying this is it i'm done like i can't i can't do this anymore i was in tears because i was missing things um and i felt like i wasn't connecting with my patients on the health side yeah i was you know, having great conversations with them and getting to know them chair side. But it was to that point where it was like, my body was hurting, my hands were hurting, my neck was hurting. And I realized that I was scaling like a mad woman, but not Mm -hmm. fixing anything, like not really helping with anything. So I like that you said, you know, do it in phases, but um, it leads back to what you said at the very, very beginning um, is have a dream. And your dream might be to have autonomy over your schedule. It might not be to be a podium speaker to a thousand people or hundreds of thousands of people. Your dream might just be, I want to control my own schedule. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Like it could be that. And that was my dream a year and a half ago was, wasn't the podium speaking. It was, I just want to control my own schedule. I want to be able to buy a piece of equipment, a new Cavatron or a new scaler and not have to ask for permission like that that drives mm-hmm. me nuts where I see mm-hmm. some people that haven't had new scalers purchased or I get the DMS, right? Like yeah. my boss won't buy me new scalers. It's sad, right? It, it happens yeah. all the time. It does happen. It is sad. 
Gosh, um, we have so much that we could talk about. I feel like we need, to part, we need to do we need to do a part two on xerostomia because you talk about xerostomia quite a bit. Yeah, too. and I, I've still got like half a glass of wine left. I'm oh, done. I'm done. We bit. know okay. who's been I'd talking like the most. To notice that. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. Yeah, we, we can tell who's been talking the most yeah. uh, by who has the most amount of wine <laughs> left over. Um, Joanne, yeah, I feel like we could talk about so many different things. Xerostomia, uh, you give tips for people in practice. Um, our first webinar we did together was on fighting tooth decay. Do you remember exactly. that webinar? I don't know I if you do. remember that webinar. I okay. do. That was I for do. the ADA. Yeah. CDA. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it was that. for the CDA. Yeah. And I remember getting an invitation to be on my very first webinar. And then I saw the list of speakers and I was like, holy sh. Joanne <laughs> yeah. Jones is on my webinar. So let me tell you what I did. I printed out every single one of my slides and I taped them to the wall behind the camera <laughs> so that people couldn't yeah. see yeah, people couldn't see that my eyes were looking at the small, because you couldn't, there was no presenter mode. It was like no. your slide and that was it. So I was looking at all of the different slides on the screen and trying so hard to look at the camera, but I was just <laughs> focused on you. And at one point I lost, I lost my slide. I didn't know where I was. I was on this like wall of things and I'm staring at Joanne. I was like, in my mind, I said, what would Joanne Jones do? And I just laughed. I think I just like did an awkward like, <laughs> and then like moved on to the next thing. That's that was me. My, that, yeah, I was like, what would Joanne Jones do? She's here right now. Look at her. What would she do? Um, I was I was hoping you'd say she'd just scream out sex and then move on. That's what yeah, I was hoping right. you'd say. Sex. My first webinar. Right, I'd never it. be able to do another one. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh. And look oh. at the rest is history. Look at where you are now. Oh, I feel like oh, I'm gonna slap you much, again. I feel like I'm not much further in the last. I've I'm, I've decided to unsubscribe to 2020. Yeah, I've done this. Six, I've do done that. this 60 yeah. day, 90 day trial. Yeah, um, I'd like to start over again. Yeah, yeah. me too. Yeah, me but too. We'll get through this. We'll we'll get through this. Yeah. We're stronger together. Maybe not in the same room or holding hands or touching, and definitely not speaking moistly to one another. Can you oh, imagine you what? That? Oh. Ew, I heard that too. Did you hear? Did you hear did that? Did you say yeah, speaking moistly? Yeah. Wait, what? even it's. What? Have you guys not? Have you guys not seen what our prime minister said? No. Justin Trudeau went on and talked about uh, social distancing, and then he said something along the lines of, and I quote, uh, "Speaking moistly on one another." He said. He said that out loud. And it's like a huge oh. meme and people are making t-shirts t and there's, <laughs> are you joking? You guys haven't seen this yet? I haven't seen it. What? Speaking Moistly? That sounds like yes. the name of, of your next program, Joanne. <laughs> Speaking Moistly, learning about xerostomia with Joanne I feel like this. For, I feel like this, I feel like this needs to be the, the, the title of this, Speaking this podcast. Speaking Moistly, 100%. Okay, I'm going to get moistly? in trouble, trouble for this one. Speaking Moistly for all people kind. Oh my gosh. That's it. This is it. That was Speaking. another one. There that was you another go. one. There okay. you go. Sorry, Justin. That's not very nice. All right. You guys are going to have to YouTube him saying speaking oh, moistly. Yeah. And then he even had this like face where he was like, oh, like, oh I should have said that. It was like, oh, he like immediately regretted after he said it. And then he was like, all right, we're, we're moving on. It's done. It's done. Yeah, it's it's done. Um, any last thoughts, Katrina? Any last questions that you want to ask before we... We, we do the thing. No, no. Before we do the thing. Um, no, I, I just, Joanne, thank you so much for, for dropping yeah. your knowledge. And, um, you know, as I heard you speak about oral cancer screenings and um, the importance behind, you know, other opportunities like hearing the patient um, or, you know, maybe uh, watching or observing the patient, it, it really drives home the concept that, yes, we do learn a lot of these things in hygiene school, but there are so many things that are, that research continues to unpack about these foundational pieces. And it's people like, you who are, uh, you know, really using your voice to, you know, create awareness around that and to help us as clinicians understand how we can be better. Um, it's, it's, that's the time I think that we can kind of peel back those layers and go, wow, I didn't know what I didn't know. Um, and, and you're doing that. And so thank you for the ways that you're doing that. Um, April is oral cancer awareness month. So thank you for the things that you do, um, you know, for, 
for the industry and particularly for oral cancer uh, survivors, those who have lost their lives to oral cancer and the families who have been impacted um, by oral cancer. People don't realize, but um, every hour on the hour, one person passes from oral cancer. It is the cancer of our industry. Uh, and it is uh, not only our responsibility, but our pleasure uh, to be an active member, um, to stop being the cleaning lady uh, and to be the preventive specialist that we are yeah. uh, in screening for that. And thank you for leading the charge in that. Um, and so happy uh, Dental Hygienists Week uh, yes. to both of you thank and you. Uh, happy uh, uh, April Oral Cancer Awareness Month uh, to happy you as well. Yes. I mean, I don't have to say anything. She just said it all. Thanks, Katrina. Appreciate it. Appreciate anything that. for you, girl. You bet. Yeah. Um, so, Joanne, I don't think you, I don't know if you know or if you've even ever listened to any of our stuff, and, and that's cool. Uh, we're called Tooth or Dare Podcast for a reason. Um, we end the show with generally a virtually impaired version of rock, paper, scissors between Katrina and I. And then the winner goes up against you. Uh, you can then choose to accept a tooth or a dare, or you can dish out a tooth or a dare to one of us. I knew um, this was going to happen. You knew. Okay. Oh, so she's prepared. Think, okay. Think about it for a second. And I say it's yeah. visually impaired because there's oh always a lag God. between what happens here. So just think about it. Uh, Katrina and I will do uh, a rock, paper, scissors. I'll, I'll hit some outro stuff and then... Um, and then we'll go from there. Are you ready, girlfriend? Do you, I'm do ready. you remember how to do this? It's one, <laughs> two, three, and then you hit it. Yeah, exactly like it has been for the last 45 times. All right. Yeah, know. ready? Okay, ready? <laughs> one, one, two, two three, three, hit. Oh, oh, no! What? Irene, this is crazy. I'm dancing how did this happen? I, I finally won. I mean, I lose so much. I lose at everything. I'm just you a loser in life. All the time. All the time. No, I'm sweating you, right now. I'm wearing a sweatshirt like, and I'm, I'm sweating through my sweatshirt. <laughs> Yes. And it was, it was, this is, this is, this is, don't speak moistly on me right now. I'm just, like, I won't speak moistly on you. This is amazing. I okay, Joanne. So you're going to go up against Katrina. In the meantime, I want all of you to follow us on Instagram. You can follow the podcast at tooth or dare dot podcast. You can follow me, Irene at toothlife.irene. And you can follow Katrina at the dental wine genist. Joanne, hit us with your details. Where can people find you on Facebook or Instagram or your website? I know your website is joannejones.com. Yeah. What about your J-O-H-N-A-N-N-E-Jones.com. You can find me there on Facebook, Joanne Jones, uh, Instagram, JJ Life and Times, Twitter, Joanne underscore RDH, and LinkedIn, Joanne Jones. Awesome. I'll link all of that yeah. info below, peeps. Okay, so great. make sure you mash those follow buttons mm -hmm. um, and get all of the resources of Joanne's 30 days of resources. She's on day 10 now, so you got some catch up to do. All right. So it's you mm -hmm. and Katrina. Have you decided, will you accept a tooth or a dare or will you dish out a tooth or a dare to Katrina? That's to you, Joanne. I know. <laughs> She's deciding. She's like, I mean, we keep it PG. Um, <laughs> Everyone's clothes stays on. Like, there's no neck. There's yourself, all Irene. positive vibes only. <laughs> okay, a truth. Ooh. Are you going to accept a truth or give a truth? I'm going to accept a truth. Okay. <gasps> oh, girl, you got to make it good. You got to make, make it good. I'm going to make it good. Okay. Good. Um, will you dish Isn't out? Crazy? No, 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 no. It's no. the best. This is so <laughs> this good. Is, this, this is, is so, so good. good. All right. Um, Will you dish out um, or share one um, thing that happened either during a webinar or a speaking engagement um, where like something crazy happened or um, you, you know, it's a participant said something weird, like what is the craziest thing that has happened to you either from the podium or while delivering a webinar? Oh, so good. Oh, I can't wait oh. to hear this. Oh, yes. Yes. I had such a good one. I have a really good one that really is exposing myself fully, but it was when I was in hygiene school. Can I share that? Yes, sure. absolutely. Is that okay? I like that yeah, I just, do it. I do gave it. my two cents for no reason. Okay. This is like, could be the end. This is a CLM. This is called a career limiting move. CLM. That's what I'm going right into right now. Get ready for it. Oh so gosh. I was in clinic and we had like this circle of six chairs all facing inward. This is years ago. Never wore glasses, never wore a mask, never wore gloves. This is like 42 years ago now. Anyway, 
I was working so intently with this gentleman because I had a quadrant to scale and I was going to be evaluated that day on the completion of it. So I'd been working on this for like 1700 hours trying to get this completed. <laughs> and I had the saliva ejector in the corner of his mouth in the third quadrant, working on the fourth quadrant. And the saliva ejector all of a sudden detached and the saliva ejector fell out. Oh no. It landed straight up in his crotch, sticking straight up. And I took my hand and reached for it right away. Okay, I'm telling you, this is career limiting. But I love your show. I love your podcast. So, I mean, this is what it's all about, right? Like, put yourself I mean, out there. And isn't isn't there like some sort of like statute of limitation for how you can be penalized 42 laters for a crime? I don't know. Oh, yeah. And professional decorum was out the window at that point. So, I then put my hand down and right lifted now, guys, off I'm the crying. saliva ejector, put it back in, carried on as if nothing had happened. So, my maiden name was Sage, and my instructor, beloved instructor, still friends with her. She came out and she said, Miss Sage, she said, I need to talk to you about something. And oh, she no. said, come on over. So I had to go over to the center podium area where they evaluated everybody. And she said, I have to give you zero on professional decorum and a very strict warning. She said, do you realize what you just did? And I said, no. What, what, what do you mean? And I honestly, I had no idea. I was just so focused. That fell out. I had to get it, put it back in. I didn't matter where I retrieved it from. It had to go back in the mouth. Oh my gosh. And she said, you just assaulted that man basically by grabbing the saliva ejector from his crotch. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I have really I just, put I just, myself I'm out there crying so. and I'm That's snorting amazing. yes oh. yes this is so good oh, oh. don't worry Joanne no, no one real. listens no one <laughs> right? listens to our episodes anyways oh, I mean good we, we were voted number one dental podcast this year but we're not quite sure if it actually happened well, great. Or not, that's so. that's only know. because that's only because the people we host on our show are all crotch grabbers that's exactly right. why yeah. the, that's exactly the reason why we have really good <laughs> ratings <laughs> oh my gosh all right everyone well, that thanks, was really thanks good. again for, for being on the show joanne i mean i love you in real life and i love you in virtual life back I love at you, right you. Now. amazing so yes. thank you so much for sharing some of your knowledge with us and for sure we're gonna have to do a part two to this yeah um, welcome my pleasure. all right everyone thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the tooth or dare podcast um stay healthy peeps um support one another from afar right now mm -hmm. and we'll you know catch you outside uh, pretty how soon about that? yeah how about that how about that <laughs> how about all right that? until next time peace out peeps cheers good <laughs> that was oh, fun so was so the okay that i don't want awesome. that as my new like the meme <laughs> that goes around about joanne jones Oh, how lovely. Yeah. I woke up to snow. That's I even know. worse than you, Irene. We had like <laughs> that much snow. I'm not oh, kidding. No. Oh my gosh. That is just, it's like, it's so crazy to me because I mean, literally I'm wearing shorts, a short sleeve shirt. Like I know. the door is wide open. The sun is out. My palm trees are living the dream right now. I've got a really, really great apogee or apogee or whatever the emphasis is on whatever syllable. You know me. Yeah, just, you're, you're, just do you're, it. I'm getting too old with the punches. She goes, just do it. <laughs>